Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye and this week we are having a body image episode. I am joined by a body image counsellor, Brianna Campos, who you may know online as Body Image with Brie. And Brie just shares some real insights on body image grief. Now, this may be a new concept to you, but I think for those of you who are working towards body acceptance, this is such a powerful discussion. And I think Brie really shed some just real truths on how difficult it can be to work through those phases towards body acceptance. We also talk about Bree's own experience with uh, intuitive movement as well. And I just think you're going to really enjoy the insights that Bree has to give. But of course, before we get into the episode, it is time for Train Happy Trooper of the Week. This week's Train Happy Moment comes from Stas, who got in touch via Instagram, and she said, I trained for the first time without my garment on today. It had been annoying me for the past few weeks because it wasn't tracking my heart rate properly and I spent so much of my workout fiddling and today I thought it's not worth it. It's sucking the fun away so I'll just go without it. And I smashed my workout. It was more fun and it was a big train happy moment. So I hope this is a reminder to you. So thank you Stas for sharing that but I hope this is a reminder to you listening that you know, half the time we spend faffing over whether we've started the watch, finished the watch, got the strap on properly, all that kind of stuff. We could just be having fun moving our bodies, you know? We could just be in the moment, enjoying ourselves in the present and just, yeah, working with our body instead of constantly trying to track it in some way. If you want to share your train happy moment with the podcast listeners, then do get in touch via email trainhappypodcast at gmail.com or you can direct message us at trainhappypodcast and make sure you're following us on instagram as well as we are sharing lots more extra content over on there too okay enough from me let's get into this week's chat with brianna campos you're gonna love it Brie, welcome to the Train Happy podcast. I have wanted to sit down and chat with you for a long time and I'm so glad we're finally doing it. How are you? How have you been so far in this this year of 2021? Well, Telly, thank you so much for having me here. It's such an honor and been a big fan of your work for a long time. Um, I, I love to answer this question by saying that I am doing the best that I can with the resources available to me. <laughs> I think it's been a rough, you know, year plus. Um, so doing as best I can, but thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I think, I don't know if you're based in New York. Am I right? New Jersey, but yeah. Yeah. And we're starting to, you know, I feel like I've been saying this for since January, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and we're slowly moving forward closer to it. And that feels 
hopeful. Um, still not making masses of plans for the summer, still being very tentative about everything. But, okay. you know, I think just even with like a bit more warmth, a bit more sunshine at the moment, we've had, a, you know, there's spring is happening. It feels like the the hardest, hardest part hopefully is behind us. And, but it's still, an, it's still uphill. <laughs> it's still a bit of an uphill to go. I could not agree more. And we were talking about just before we started, you know, recording today, that how this year has been a a trauma, not in the sense that a lot of people may consider, but it will certainly have had such a massive impact on on us. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. I, I would consider this past year to be a collective trauma. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I know freaking for the United States, right? And for for much of the world, the, the last time we we can identify a collective trauma would be like nine eleven, mm. where it was happening to everyone, no matter uh, in different facets and different capacities. But uh, that you know, it was it was impactful, and obviously, I feel like many people would identify nine eleven as a, a collective trauma, but yeah, I mean, there's such a loss of normalcy, a loss of connection, and there's so much. There's so much to be grieved, and and that's that's not even including people who've been sick, who have lost family members. So, it has been it has been quite quite a 2020 plus 2021. <laughs> Before we get fully into it, because I have so many yeah. thoughts, even just off the back of you saying that. Can you explain to everyone um, your work to, to people listening? Brie is known as Body Image with Brie online and is a certified counsellor to help people with their body image. And so I'd just love to hear more about your work around um, helping people with their body image and, and how you came to even start that yourself. Yeah. So yeah, I am on Instagram, Body Image with Brie, and I am a mental health counsellor in the state of New Jersey. And I love talking all things body image. I was in my graduate program and I was working on my own body image. Um, Christy Harrison says this a lot, that when something takes up a lot of your mind, it's almost natural that you would want to then pursue you know, more information on that. So I knew I wanted to work with body image because it was something that took up so much space in my brain. And, uh, I, I guess sort of the trajectory for me was, uh, working in eating disorder recovery in a fat body. And so I was working in a place where I constantly felt like somebody's going to, somebody's going to comment on my body. Like I'm going to get called out here and also feeling a lack of information on how to even move through body image because my body were many of my clients greatest fears but it was okay for me to be in a large body it just wasn't okay for them to be in a larger body and so I really struggled with with venturing through body image and and this is actually a really natural progression of um you know just what we want to talk about today but when I realized that I was never going to have the ideal body or the body that I thought that I was supposed to have. Like, 
I felt like I got, I was cheated. Like I was sentenced here to a, a, a life in a fat body. And the only way to describe that feeling was, was grief. I was sad because I thought that imprisonment, that prison sentence meant so many things. And, you know, fast forward now, I know that that's not true. Uh, fat phobia still exists in the world. It is, it, you know, harder to exist in a fat body in our world, but uh, my beliefs about my body changed. And yeah, that's how Body Image with Brie was born. I'm so, I want to dive into what you just said, especially around the grief aspect and the mourning, the process of mourning that we have to, that people take on. And I think people take on across the kind of spectrum of body sizes, but I think it's really, I really want to highlight your experience um, in a larger body and, and how that has, I don't know, I would just love you maybe if you feel comfortable to speak more on that, just so I think people are going to really relate to your experience. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for asking. When I realized that I was probably never going to be in a thin body, there were dreams that died with that. Mm. Uh, Dreams of being able to go back to my childhood doctor and be like, ha look at me now. Uh, Dreams of being able to go back to all of my, you know, childhood bullies and be like, ah, look, you said I was never going to get a partner in a fat body. And now look at me. Now I have the personality and the body. Uh, I realized that I would never be able to make my family proud because of my body. And you know, as a mental health counselor, there's a lot there to unpack. (laughs) But in the moment of just accepting the grief of the loss, and I actually thought I was losing a lot more too. I thought not only was I losing the acceptance of my family and society, my biggest fear was that I was never going to find love in a fat body. And that I would be destined to a life of singleness. And I'm still single, but I no longer hold that belief. But that belief was so strong when I first began this journey. And so because the story of grief, uh, or the experience of grief rather, is so personal to me, I have real life experience with grief, I knew that it was not going to be efficient to pretend like it didn't exist, that I couldn't bypass that grief, that the only way out was through. And so I allowed myself to, as I often say, sit in the suck and not justify it or silver line it or explain away, but just to allow myself to be sad at the beliefs at which I believed to be true, the losses that I thought would associate that. And I can tell you now there are different griefs that uh, grievances that I experience in my body, which I'm sure we'll get to today. But um, so I currently being, you know, that we were just 
you know, we're still coming out of a pandemic and with a loss of normalcy, I have lost a lot of mobility and it grieves me, but it grieves me in a different way than it, my body grieved me maybe five years ago. And the difference now is now it's, it's, it's not just, um, maybe not caring so much of what other people think, but it's caring what I think that I, I, I just said to my, my, my physical therapist the other day, I was like, I used to, I used to feel so strong. I used to be able to like throw sandbags and, and lift so heavy. And now I can't even stand in my kitchen for 10 minutes without my back, my back hurting. And I know, I know there's things that I can do. And I know that there's processes that I can put in place, but what I needed to do first was just, just let it suck. I really appreciate you normalizing that, that, that reason to just vent and just say how it feels because and I don't know if this is the same in like the American culture, but in the British culture, it's really hard to acknowledge when things are crap for you. And when you, regardless of what the situation is, we kind of have to put on a brave face and go, you know what, I'm just going to deal with it. It, it. You know, and I think there's huge power in going, do you know what, what I'm going through is, is hard and difficult and I'm it's painful and and acknowledging that and I think that relates to you know I think to my own experiences in therapy whether it's been things you know in my past that have maybe have nothing to do with my body image but just having always and like you said (laughs) realizing that the easiest way is to go through it rather than to try and avoid it is so huge because when we do avoid that's when we fall into those unhelpful thought patterns and behavior patterns that um you know for me were disordered eating and I think for many people that may be that maybe shows up in in a disordered relationship with food or exercise and that it's really hard in the moment to sit in the suck (laughs) it's really hard but it's the same in the United States. We, we don't, we don't like discomfort. There's mm. a, uh, a Ted talk by Dr. Susan David, and uh, I'm going to butcher it, but she says something along the lines of, of, you know, I have clients that say to me, I don't want to feel sadness or rejection. And <laughs> same. And she said, okay, but those are dead people's goals. Only dead people don't experience rejection and pain and mm-hmm. and sadness and that the price of admission to a meaningful life is full range of emotions and so for us yeah it sucks it sucks to suck right it sucks to sit in the suck but if you can experience the suck if you can experience the despair and the hopelessness that actually means that there is an ability for you to feel the opposite but the way to get there is to allow it to suck right now. And that's grief. Oh, I love that so much. And you have, um, you you specifically work around this idea of body image grief. And I'd love to get maybe into a bit of the specifics of that, because I have a feeling there will be people listening, thinking this resonates so much with me. So what do I do now? 
what do they do yes. now? <laughs> How do I fix it? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, first of all, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this is me, I, I just want to tell you that I see you and I feel you and I I am you. I you know, I we all experience grief uh, in different in different facets. And um, so the idea of, of body grief sort of came to me through my lived experience. And if you're familiar with the stages of grief, I'll, I'll go through them. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross uh, created the stages of grief and they are uh, denial, anger, uh, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And when we look at body image, so many times people wanna rush to, how do we accept our bodies? Body acceptance. Mm body acceptance through the stages of grief actually comes later, right? Is it first you have to maneuver through the other stages of grief. And this is the other thing, the stages aren't linear. It's not like, oh, I've arrived at body acceptance. Um, But I, I would say many of us stay stuck in the bargaining stage of well, okay. So I, I, you know, I'm working with Tally, and I know that she says that my body, like, you know, might get bigger, but she's not talking about me. Like, I, it's going to be different for me. <laughs> and when they realize that, nope, it's not different for me, that my body might actually be bigger, or whatever grievance is coming to their mind, there is a sense of hopelessness. There is a sense of I can't believe this is my body. Acceptance isn't yay. I love my body. It's this is my body. That is acceptance. It's just accepting what is without expectation. Mm. And I think that's been really interesting. And and I even think personally this year with the experience of weight gain this year in a more in a more noticeable way than I have had in more you know more recent years of my life. And I think even if you vocalize that there's a lot of talk around people like oh but when you just go back to normal life Mm -hmm. you're you know you'll just go back to how you were and I've had to have the conversation with myself where like you cannot expect to go back to the way you were and if you put any hopes on that you're setting yourself up for failure and you need to you need to not think that far ahead and it's been you know, and even with, you know, even with I'm chatting with like my sister or my mum and they'll be like, oh, you know, but once you go back to teaching your spin classes and da, 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 but I have to not, I have to accept myself fully in the present and not on a, on a dream in the future, you know, or not on what could potentially happen. And I also feel that part of my work of challenging fat phobia is going you ha- you need to not wish to not need to not wish because I think that's a very human aspect but you need to not like I say pin your hopes on this idea that there may be a day when you are smaller yeah because yeah that, and, and the, no, that's you, the poison right yeah uh, the, the 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 poisonous fruit of what you're doing is you're comparing yourself to a different version of yourself Right. And uh, um, Sir Rachuala is a trauma therapist. And uh, you know that quote, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Well, she takes that quote and she 
cuts it up and says, comparison is an indication that a need is not being met. Mm. Comparison is an indication that an inner need is not being met. So rather than pinning your dreams on the hope of what my body will just go back to normal. And this actually happened for me, but around movement, right? It was right in the beginning of, of quarantine. And I, I started noticing quickly, oh, I'm, I'm losing, I'm losing mobility. Oh, well, once we get back to the gym, like when, when I thought it was two weeks, I was like, once yeah. we get back, it'll, it'll be fine. And then also losing motivation just internally because of the collective trauma that we're going through that um, just even showing up for work has been effortful. And, and so losing that strength for me was a new level of grief of what if my body doesn't go back to the strength that it once had. And, and then also being able to explore that relationship. What was the inner need that was not being met? Was I was afraid. I was afraid if, if I wasn't a fat, strong person, what, what would people think of me? But really, at, at its core, is what would I think of myself? Do you think that plays into the notion within the kind of plus size community where there's a there's a need to justify you're saying well yeah I'm in a bigger body but I do xyz like I still am active I know we highlight a lot of people who are on this podcast you know I'm thinking of like Louise Green as a really famous plus size trainer and I love the work she does about kind of breaking the stereotypes of what an athlete is and, and I love that but I also I'm also there's the other side of the coin where it's like do people need to, I don't know, feel that like they need to tell people like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm eating vegetables, whatever it is, <laughs> to perform this idea that, you know, I'm I'm okay if I'm following these these health rules. Right. Set that I'm us. good. Like I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I do think we fall into that trap. And I think, you know, uh, just even with my own, again, my own trajectory, it my body image journey sort of came to a not a halt but just like a like under a microscope through my intuitive eating journey Mm -hmm. and it felt so unnatural to figure out what what does it mean to eat intuitively and now I intuitively eat without second thinking about it this pandemic has then taught me I I want to be able to do the same with movement but movement was always attached to an outcome. Mm. And even if strength was the outcome, that in my mind was more celebratory than a not abled body. And not for anyone else, just for me. And that's the trap I think we, we tend to fall into is it's okay for other people, but for me. I know what I'm capable of. I know where I've been. And again, it's just poisonous fruit of what's the benefit of comparing my body to a more abled version of my body. And actually through this time of reflection, I began to realize I've had mobility issues my entire life. But what I've done is I've compensated is I'll just change how I'm doing this. And, but I'm still strong, right? Like Mm -hmm. I didn't notice it as much. But now without that strength, noticing those compensations, noticing, oh, wow, like 
I don't, I can't even remember the last time I think I walked upstairs normally because, and I air quotes around normally because uh, I would compensate because my legs were always in pain from the aggressive workouts that I was doing. And then when I stopped the workouts, then it was like, well, I'm just, I'm afraid I don't have the core strength to not fall down the stairs in a larger body. And so literally part of my rehab to healing my relationship with movement is relearning how to do things that I just thought I naturally knew how to do, but doing them without the compensation. So I'm really keen to explore this movement aspect um, as intuitive movement is something I'm really passionate about and write about. And, and I'm really curious and I really, I think it's so valuable to hear your experience of how um, relatively like incremental this can be and how there, there's, I think, the movement we think of in like that formal workout sense and then there's that everyday movement which um which we sometimes take for granted and 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 that is still part of our intuitive movement journey Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and I think for me um again quote-unquote working out was always regimented because I was just you know I, I went to the gym I had a trainer and it absolved me of needing to connect to my body to figure out if the movement was intuitive or not. And I tricked myself by being like, well, I feel better afterwards. Like I know it's good for me. I know it's good for my, you know, mental health, you know, all the, all these things that are true. But what I didn't do was I didn't connect to an internal motivation. Mm. And so then when given an opportunity to not have to leave my house, that internal motivation disappeared. And I would say probably for much of the beginning of COVID, uh, I was beating myself up. Like, like, what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you just suck it up, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, just do it. Like, you know, you'll feel better. And uh, no, that didn't help <laughs> as, as that internal bullying never, never does. And I've really been working on in, in just even within body grief of centering on my wise mind or my loving inner parent. And I thought about if I was talking to my niece or to a child, I would never speak that way to them. I would never be like, suck it up, get up and do a workout. I would just listen to them. Be like, talk to me what's going on? And if you feel like, okay, you don't want to move, can that be okay? And so I had to give myself unconditional permission to rest. Mm. Meaning that resting didn't mean I was lazy. Resting didn't mean that I was bad. In order for me to even have that internalized desire of like, oh, you know what? I feel like moving today. It's almost like in the intuitive eating journey when people are like, I'm never going to want to eat vegetables again. I was like, I'm never going to want to move again. And that's not true. But in that, in that beginning stage of giving yourself unconditional permission, it feels scary. I love this. I love, um, we've mentioned this 
this concept of unconditional permission to rest on the podcast before, but I think you've actually described it perfectly and what it truly means. And I too compare it to the idea that we'll only want to eat donuts forever and that's all I ever want to eat. And actually the role of intuitive movement in the same way with intuitive eating is there will be a time when the pendulum is going to swing so far away from your previous relationship because it needs yeah. to reset. It's like a reset time. And the goal is to slowly work back to a middle ground that's your middle ground. That's yeah. what's right for you and your body. And that journey is so different for people because that may be like, you know, a, a relatively short time that may be years away from movement for some people to kind of recalibrate. It's literally... Yeah especially if your relation, your past relationship has always been associated with dieting, restriction, um, perfectionism, you know, those sorts of things where you're trying to work on that stuff as well mm-hmm. so that doing that thing again isn't going to be helpful. Right. And and so in the beginning too, there was a little bit of this like, oh, once I start moving, my body will change again. Like it's it's fine, mm-hmm. right? And that is that bargaining of, there isn't, there's a secondary gain to movement. And, and what I'll say to you now, after, after nine months of unconditional permission to rest, my definition of rest is different. And what I realized, and I actually realized this pre-pandemic or like pandemic beginning was that the life I was living was not conducive to a life of rest. Mm. And so I was working, I was overworking at my job so that when I was done, I would crash, I would crash and burn. And that to me was rest. That's not rest, that's burnout. And, and so there's almost this hoarding of, wait, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to grind. Like I, I can, there's something different here that now active rest for me might be I'm sitting on the couch and my hips feel tight. So what feels intuitive? Let me take my, my yoga strap and just stretch a little bit and that's rest, but it, and it's active, but it's so different than being like, I'm doing absolutely nothing to I'm doing absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And by creating better boundaries with my work life, actually really transitioned from working for other people to working for myself by really giving myself this permission of you don't have to move you don't want to oh how else can we manage your anxiety and your stress uh and let the stress cycle end um through that unconditional permission yeah I would say especially with the weather changing there's been a desire of like oh actually, I, I do want to move. And then there's the reality of, uh, you know, I move and then I'm like, wow, like (laughs) I'm exhausted. And then the piece is, can I not judge the process? So even though two years ago or a year and a half ago, I could have been flipping tires, right? And now I can't walk halfway around the block can that be okay? Can where I am today be okay for where I am right now? Mm. So now you're, do you feel almost like a sense of 
curiosity around choices you can make to move and like it's starting to sound appealing again or like a a kind of oh this I I actually feel this this is what I need I would consider that to be that deeper internal motivation that I think a lot of us struggle to find because we're so reliant on the external motivation um but it is about finding that that like that deeper reasoning for yourself so I'm curious what that feels like for you in terms of how you knew okay I want to start exploring movement again what was the kind of what what kick-started that yeah, so I would say again, right, really allowing myself this unconditional permission to rest where there would be a moment where it would be like, oh, I could work out here, but I don't want to. So I'd be like, all right, then we're not going to. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, I do actually really want to get sunshine, which is probably why I would have wanted to work out or to go for a walk or so it's like, okay, well, how else can we get that sunshine? Can you go for a drive? Can you can you go sit in a park? and and just get some fresh air without the expectation of what it should look like. And and then it moved to like I think what happened was we get stuck in this thought trap of what I used to be able to do. Again that comparison. And when I stopped putting this pressure on myself of what it should look like, there was a more natural of like hey, you know, maybe <laughs> Maybe the goal a year ago would have been, you know, throwing sandbags and, and doing, you know, chest presses. Maybe now the goal is, can I just make dinner for my family? Can I, is that something I can do? And if I can't, can that be okay also? And, and so it's the same, the internal motivation is really when there's no secondary gain of like, oh, well, maybe if I do this, I'll also, you know, my body will change. Whereas now, I've made peace with my lack of, of mobility, that my lack of mobility does not mean that I am less worthy of love. I am not less worthy as a, as a fat person. I am not, uh, I, I am doing better at not judging or shaming myself. And I'll tell you what the trick was by being vulnerable with my audience about my mobility issues and experiencing clients who are experiencing the same thing, realizing, oh, I would never put this on them. I would never speak to them this way. Really forced me to challenge, okay, Brie, how are we talking to ourselves? And what I began to realize was I was avoiding movement because I was avoiding pain because the pain was connected to a dialogue of, I can't believe this is this bad. I can't believe this is how we're feeling. And so I remember the first day where I like really began to open up to this idea of like intuitive movement. And I, I wanted to, I had to clean out, I have a porch room and I was like, it's getting nicer out. Like I want to make sure that I can eventually get in there and, and, you know, enjoy that space. And so I said, what if we just said, that's, that's our movement for today. So we're going to go in and clean. And if our back hurts, we know the stretches. You, I've been working it with a physical therapist. Of, I, I know what I need to do if, if my back does end up hurting. And we, I put music on and I enjoyed myself. And I remember hearing that little part of my brain was like, this is a movement. <laughs> 
And I caught it and I was like, ooh, that's a diet culture voice Mm. of judging whether or not this is, I'm moving my body. And what's the motivation? The motivation was external. The motivation was, I want to be able to use this room in the summer. I want to be able to enjoy the porch room for the purposes of the room Mm. and not how does my body look while I'm doing it or you know, it, it had less to do with my body and less to, and more to do with the outcome. Yeah. And I think that's finding that, um, like I say, that level of motivation, that focus is so good going forward in terms of, okay, we can slowly build on this and, you know, explore the different ways to move your body because you like, whether it's, you know, cleaning, gardening, whatever it is, it's all physical activity and you know it it is um strenuous I mean especially even I found um we have where we're staying at the moment we have a little dog and we've been taking this dog on the walk and there's quite a few inclines there and I'm walking up these hills and you know it's challenging for me where it hadn't been challenging before you know I've no I know my fitness levels have dropped as especially as someone whose job is to be fit right Mm -hmm. I'm like my fitness levels have dropped and I think in the past that would have definitely um you know I would have tied that to my worth as a trainer to my you know oh you 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 how can you be talking about fitness if you're not at your physical peak all the time how can you not you know how can you do these things but once again it's going you know what I always encourage people as well, and I'd be curious whether you kind of have this as well, thinking big picture and going, I'm in this journey for life, right? And if this past year is a drop in the ocean of my movement experience, that's okay. Like to expect that we're always going to be on an upward trajectory of progress is unrealistic. And so I kind of take this pandemic as a, a thing where, you know, it's okay that at this time in your life there have been other priorities there have been other things as you said it's been a collective trauma there has been a general feeling of less motivation and that is absolutely okay and similarly if there's no pandemic in the future and you still go through a life experience where priorities change that's okay and knowing that there may be other times in my life where you know I want to raise money for charity and I want to run a, run a race or something. And and that becomes a a big thing. And, you know, I don't say that can't happen. I don't say it has to happen. It's just like, you just go with the flow. Yeah. And I think, I think just even as you were speaking, one of the things that feels harrowing is when there's a, like, like a marker, like a a goalpost of like, okay, I have to get back to this level of fitness. Mm. And it, the goalpost is always going to move. <laughs> and so part of my journey to intuitive movement was thinking back to times when movement was just natural. And one of the things that I thought or I realized was uh, in high school, I was really big into musical theater. And so, Same. oh my gosh, <laughs> I actually studied musical theater, Brie. I went to drama school. 
I feel we we are very we're very aligned. I really Kinder love this. Spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, yeah, I actually I minored in in theater as well in college, and and so I I loved singing and dancing, and it was such a fun way to connect to my body. And I remember even then being like, okay, but this doesn't count. Right. I know. I'm so sad. I'm so sad for my past self that didn't think that dancing counted. Yeah. Because right now it's my most favorite way to move my body. Whether it's, I know you're on TikTok. So whether it's like a little TikTok thing or I've been doing the live workouts on Tuesdays where we've been doing like a dance party. I have found so much joy in that. And that's actually been my kind of thing that I've really, (laughs) that's kept me going. Yeah. And isn't it sad that we used to think that, oh, that didn't, that wasn't a thing. That's not enough, right? Yeah. I, I always say, I always say, you know, when we know better, we, we do better. And, and so, yeah, realizing that like, wow, I used to, I used to move so much and it was effortless that I've tried to incorporate that into um, everyday life. And so uh, listening to music and listening to music is an amazing coping skill, but dancing or even even just sitting and like feeling the rhythm of a song and feeling it move through your body and connecting to your body in that way. Yeah, like that's that connection is powerful. And I think this is the other issue that I think people face is people don't like connecting to a body that doesn't feel the way they want it to. And I think that was part of, part of my resistance to intuitive rest or, you know, unconditional permission to rest was because if I felt pain, it was connected to a dialogue or to a narrative that this body was bad or that this body wasn't as good as a prior body or that I had lost, like I had lost time or whatever, because my my movement wasn't progressing and i think there's the difference that's the difference right is like on a diet like there's goals there's there's restriction there's uh you know what you can and can't do yeah right whereas food freedom is how do you feel Mm. how does it feel today and we know with you know i i've got a few a few thoughts going on here i suppose with that being said this I really love this really, um, this really great way of like really initially embarking on intuitive movement because I always say similarly with intuitive eating, the cherry on the cake is, is the gentle nutrition piece in intuitive eating. And the cherry on the cake here is that gentle guidance. So when you are ready and you do, you know, want to go see your trainer again and and say, actually, I'd really like to work towards this goal of doing a press up, say, or I don't know, whatever it is, or squatting a certain weight or whatever it is that that's okay eventually but that that isn't like I think what happens with people with intuitive movement is they kind of go I need to rush through this process because I'm so used to structure I'm so used to having goals to work towards that what will I do if I don't have goals and I think we need to that's a huge part of it what do we do when we don't have goals how do you find the movement you want And yeah, I think I'd love to speak to this too. Please do. And, and and so I, I started to think about right when the weather was getting, getting nicer for a week and now we're back to 
third winter here in New Jersey. <laughs> Hopefully the, the nicer weather is coming. But I thought about last year, how I didn't go to the beach at all because I was fearful that I would get activated with pain from trying to walk to the beach. And it was just easier to not connect to that pain. And so my short-term goal is just being able to walk around and, and have that mobility so that I can go to the beach with my, my friends or with my niece and nephew and have that lived experience. And that goal feels really attainable because it's one, it's one day. It's just one day that I'm looking to get to. And so just recently I went to the park with a, with a friend of mine um, and her kids and I prepared them. I was like, you know, you know that I've been struggling with um, back pain and, and I actually had sprained my ankle at one point during this quarantine as well. And I was like, I might need to slow down. I might need to sit, but I just wanted to keep you posted. And I was able to make it the whole time. Was it effortless? No, but without the judgment and the expectation of myself, it was a lot easier. It was a lot of fun. And I was exhausted when I got home, but it was a, it is now a memory pairing of, okay, I did three hours at the park of, you know, some sitting, some standing, some walking around. So if I can do that, the idea of going to the beach seems a lot more attainable. I'm really excited for you to post your photo at the beach. <laughs> Me too. And, and, and then here again, is like, there is this unconditional permission that maybe that doesn't feel good. Maybe, maybe that feels too, too, like too much pressure. And that's okay too. You know, even just being able to, um, uh, you know, like this week, I really, really paid attention to uh, my, my hip and my back pain. You know, we, I went from seeing people in person and moving around a lot to being completely virtual and sitting at a computer all day. And so of really just honoring my body of, oh, when there's pain, it's trying to talk to me. And so to me, that has been such a win of being like, wow, what I really want to do is stretch right now. Um, because I thought that would never happen. I was like, I'm never going to want to stretch. But when it's not a task, when it's not something that I can fail at, or I'm good at, or I'm bad at, but it just, ooh, this feels delicious. I love this, this movement. This movement feels good. This movement feels safe. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it, my friends. I'm, I'm just thoroughly, thoroughly in, enjoying this. And I think um, it's really helpful. And I also wanted to touch on, I think what you're saying as well, is really helpful for people who may be going through um, quite, a, quite a serious injury as well. You know, because there's always various reasons why we're unable to be, you know, move at, at the, the kind of capacity we did previously, whether that be a pandemic, whether that be, I don't know, breaking a leg, whatever it is. And I think I get a lot of, I get a lot of people getting in touch with me, I think with a sense of a loss of identity, a sense of a loss of, um, a loss of that structure we spoke about and kind of just feels find it really hard to rest to to slow down and to just be um 
but that it is possible to work through that and it and as we've you know going back to that body image grief bit where it's like it's gonna be painful it's not gonna necessarily be fun and it's okay to acknowledge that it sucks it's okay Mm. to acknowledge that as well and we can move through that and you know this isn't forever but at the same time we can be really kind to ourselves as Mm. we as we start to move again yeah and I just I feel really uh, called in this moment to address the person who's thinking you know Tally Brie this this sounds great but I just I know my body and I know that if I was just in a smaller body I wouldn't feel pain and I just want to give you permission to let that not be true for just a few minutes because the truth is all bodies experience pain and a larger body is not a punishment with pain being pain being the punishment but in fact pain is your body communicating to you and saying hey we need more of something mm. so can we tune in can we listen to that pain rather than judging it absolutely I actually woke up with a really stiff back today and thought, mm. oh my goodness, why, why, what's happened? I, didn't really, I haven't really done anything. What, what has I done? And you know what? It is my body's way of saying like, can we just chill out? And I'm feeling even today kind of like, a, oh, I really need a day for myself. I haven't mm. had a day for myself in a while. And that's what I felt it was saying to me. Like, um, you know, my body's kind of not, I don't feel on my A game physically <laughs> at the moment. I've had, I had a all sorts going on this week sure. um and it was that it's a sign of like oh okay you need you need to slow down you need that rest you need to um care for yourself in that way and sometimes it's a mental rest as well I think Amen. and I'm really you know I think when we think of this physical pain that we're feeling that we always think it's like neck down and that mm-hmm. it's not related to our mental health in any way and I'm such of the belief that it's all connected and you know often a physical pain may be a sign that there's other things that need to be addressed totally and and I just I think too is that especially if we're learning to be comfortable with our bodies and be comfortable in our skin that when we feel pain we have this like sensor go off in our brain of like oh no <laughs> and it's just like just like if we were to get sick right it'd be like oh, oh no what like what's wrong um but i can tell you that shaming yourself when you feel pain or when you get sick is not effective right it's yeah like maybe maybe for a little while it'll get you to you know motivate yourself but I don't think that it'll produce the same fruit as if you were to really just encourage your body and be kind to your body, like you were talking to someone you love, but that, yeah, it's, it's really, it is in order to make peace with our bodies and our movement, the acceptance through movement is not, I am excited that I'm here it's this is this is where I am Mm. this is this is where I am that is acceptance oh Brie I have loved chatting to you I feel like we could really go through this all day um (laughs) 
I like to finish every episode by asking the guest what has been your most recent train happy moment and this is that moment of connection with your body where you've honored its needs and you've you've connected it in a way that you know as we spoke about like often we avoid so I'd really love to hear what your most recent train happy moment has been I love that yeah and so um in this this journey of uh you know, repairing my relationship to movement um, and just trying to be intuitive. One of my, one of my things has been um, to stretch in the morning and not like a routine or regimented, but just, you know, if I lay on my floor, like what feels good. And the other morning, my cat joined me, Olaf. (laughs) And it was, it just, it made my heart so happy that, you know, I was like, you know, thinking about intuitive movements for cat like cats there are days where he sleeps on end and then there are days where he runs around like a banshee and there's no judgment for himself of you know the days that he's resting versus the days that he's moving and and so it was just cute we were just a couple of cats having an intuitive intuitive stretch session and so it was it was very special to me I love that like I said we've got a little dog we've been kind of half looking after here called Barney and I imagine is it the same with your cat I often look at my cat and just and the dog and just think oh to be you oh to be to have your life (laughs) because he's either being cuddled or sleeping or when he goes on and then he's suddenly sprinting out of nowhere but just like you say there's absolutely zero judgment from us as to like you know it's a dog being a dog and I think it's so interesting that we don't judge that at this, don't judge it but also wish like oh I wish I could just curl up in my bed <laughs> yes have their life but that was actually part of my my journey as well of like noticing every time my cat got up he did a stretch right? yeah and I was like you know if he's stretching every time he gets up I wonder if every time I get up if you know as opposed to being like oh no there's pain of like okay well what would it feel good to just oh, lean into that stretch so we can learn a lot from our from our furry friends. And off the back of this recording, with my stiff back, I'm gonna go do some stretches because I, I feel think inspired. That lovely. I it think does I'm sound do lovely. I know I'm thinking, oh, it's what I need. It's what I need. <laughs> Brie, this has been lovely. Where can people follow you, support you, and find your work on on body image and body image grief, which I feel people just don't address. So where oh, can they find yeah. you? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, thank you so much for having me, for your constant support always. I've, you know, I've always loved following you and I appreciate you so much. Um, Depending on when this airs, I have a couple of different offers both for, I, I call them the sp- the super special folk who are not professionals in the field, who are just looking to get, you know, more familiarized with body grief. Uh, I have a body grievers program, um, which is a, um, a support group offer where you can come together with like-minded folk to just sit in the suck a little bit around your body grief. And uh, if that's not an offer that's accessible to you, I also have a mini bundle, which you can purchase and listen to and do on your own. And, um, and yeah, and then I'm also on Instagram and just love hanging out, chatting, do lives, do IGTV and 
post all yummy content. And I also have a free podcast, which I'm struggling to, <laughs> to get through. It's, it's a, it's quite a journey hosting a podcast. Um, but I do have all season one posted so you can go and, and, you know, binge listen to all those episodes. That was Body Image with Brie and I'm on all of your typical podcast platforms. I will go and share that in the show notes as well so people can find a link to that too. Brie, it's honestly been such a pleasure. Thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please let me know by sending feedback. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. Or even better, it would be amazing if you could rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you're listening, as it really, really helps to support and boost the Train Happy message. And remember, if you have had a recent moment where this stuff has just started clicking for you, then share your story with us via email, trainhappypodcast at gmail.com to become the train happy trooper of the week. And if you have a burning question you would like me to answer, then please send those in too. And it may be answered in our bonus Q&A episodes. Once again, thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon. 